Hi, and welcome to episode nine of season two of the Connect Two podcast. My name is Jeff Cullen. And I'm Mark Hughes, and I'm about to make a mess. Thanks, Mark. Up and of close course, and personal. our friend the Sparkster is here. Hello, Sparky. <laughs> exactly. uh, I'll see you for the joke. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so if you're new to the channel, rate, review, and subscribe. And uh, right now, I believe the ship is sinking over to one side. Uh-oh. Maybe it's just... Maybe we're just leaning into it. <laughs> All right, we're good now. All oh, right, geez. excellent. Technology is fascinating. Oh. Yeah. So how you been, Mark? I've been okay. I've been okay. I've, a, I uh, like that golf shirt. Yeah, I do too. It's kind of funky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. It's uh, it's uh, it's kind of a hipster thing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. I like it. That's me. I'm hipster. I like over. it. <laughs> uh, if you're new to the channel, rate, review, and subscribe. That's right. Particularly in iTunes. Um, that's where most of you find it. Today we have a coffee. Another pour over. Yeah, we're also on Amazon Music. I found out. We're on Spotify, Amazon yeah. Mu Music, Google. Uh, we're on. We're on a everywhere. Every fine podcasts are available. I think we should probably apply now for some kind of grant. Now that we have over a hundred episodes, no, not yet. When we have a hundred episodes, there's some sort of Alberta government podcast support thingamajig. So okay. We should get into that. Plus, we need a Patreon. Start getting some of that sweet, <laughs> sweet chingo <laughs> from our 12 subscribers. Hey. So today we have a coffee from New Brunswick. Oh, Moncton, New Brunswick. It's called Brazil its San Lu Lucia, Santa Lucia from Epoch Chemistry. It should be a little Ooh. bit different. It should be tasting notes of... Toffee, peanut, and lime. Lime. Oh, this is very nice. That is nice. It's really yeah. nice. It's got a bit of a bite to it. I like it. But it's got a it's kind of different kind of bite than that stuff from the Yukon. Yukon had kind of like an all over. Mm -hmm. bite. This has got mm -hmm. kind of like a back of the tongue. Mm -hmm. This is uh, very cool. Hmm. I like it. Um. What's your dad joke? All right. Ready, Sparky? All right. It's a bit of a longer one today. So so a guy is cleaning out his closet. Okay. It's spring cleaning. He needs to get a bunch of stuff. So he's going through shoe boxes and whatnot. And he opens a shoe box and he finds a, a claim ticket for a tailor, AAA tailor. Oh. And he's looking at this thing and it's it's like 15 years old. He's like, what the hell is this? And then he remembers, oh, yeah, I think I dropped off like a brown suit. Like 15 years ago, right? At, at this old tailor shop. Man, I just kind of wonder what happened to that suit. So he puts it away and it's kind of on his mind. A couple of days later, he's thinking, I wonder if they're still in business. So he Google searches quickly, AAA tailors, and sh sure enough, they're still around. He's like, that's that's awesome, right? Haven't thought about those guys in years. And so it keeps bearing on his mind and he thinks, thinks I wonder, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be something if they still had you know that I'm sure they don't, but would it be something if they still have the suit? So a few more days pass. Lunch hour, takes the ticket, walks over. Triple A Taylor still there, right? And he goes in, and um, this old guy comes out. He, he can't believe it. It's Mister Bustamante, who was old 15 years ago. The guy's got to be like ancient, right? White hair, and he's shuffling around. And so, so he walks up to the counter, and the old guy comes up, and he hands him the ticket. And he's about to start telling the story, and the old guy just looks at the ticket, doesn't say a word, turns around, goes into the back room, right? So five, six, eight minutes passes. The old guy comes out, again, shuffles out, Mr. Bustamante, and he's like, was it a brown suit? You needed uh, patches on the elbows? And the guy goes, yeah, that's amazing. It's still here. And the old guy goes, it'll be ready on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> hey, did you uh, hear this uh, new technology that uh, in uh, Sweden they are on their 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 naval vessels? They are putting okay. barcodes on the side of the boats. Okay, right? why so would that, they do that? Well, when they return, they can Scandinavia. Oh, <laughs> classic dad jokes, right? It is a classic right. dad joke. Yeah. Okay. All right, Sparks, go grab a snooze. <laughs> there you go. Right on. Excellent. Okay. Mr. Bustamante.
so today's today's episode yep. oh no what did we learn this week what did we learn this week i learned well, this is not something new that I learned, but I learned that more than one person does this. Uh, you, <laughs> I'm afraid. Um, have you, uh, you, you've seen an AeroPress, right? An AeroPress? Yeah, an AeroPress for, for coffee? No. You've never seen an AeroPress? Are we talking about like a French press? It's No, well, they're called AeroPress. Okay, they're, yes. They're like a, it's a press type of coffee. Okay, thing. yeah. So I may have. So there's a, it's, it, it makes really good coffee, surprisingly, like, way better than a french press does really yeah and uh it's really good for camping you know the french it's really good for camping it's good for camping yeah okay because it um in fact i have a camping one that's super compact okay um, how many ounces is the way though <laughs> the, the, the camping one's plastic and it all okay. comes together cool. and, i mean it depends on how much you want to sacrifice for coffee right right uh, but um uh there's two ways to make it okay so i always thought there was really just one way and then uh this guy that uh i i was following and i still follow on youtube his name is james hoffman he did this upside down thing and okay. i thought it was weird and then i just recently read that uh this is a this is a thing that people do they do it upside down as well so so the main thing is you have a container uh-huh and you put the coffee in and then you press it down like okay. There's a filter on the bottom. Wow. And so you get coffee with no grounds. It's not like a French press oh, where you get that yeah. fine, silty stuff. Pardon me. Sure. Yeah. You got to get rid of that sludgy business. Thing. But there's, Interesting. But what ends up happening is if you use a pour over, what, okay. the thing with a pour over is you're controlling the rate at which the coffee goes in. So it takes sure. time. Right. right. So this is a pour over. It's on a Chemex. It's a pour over. Yeah. Who's got time? But with an AeroPress, you basically put it in. And as soon as you put it in, it already starts going through. So right. there's no... So you get a very uneven kind of uh, uh, mix. Okay. But what you can do is you can take the whole thing upside down. Okay. And take the filter off. Right. And, but sit it on the plunger extended. Okay. And then you fill the coffee in. Okay. And then you pour, pour slowly, do like a little bloom. And then yep. you... And then you fill it up and then you let it sit and then you put the filter on. And then when you're ready, after a couple minutes, you flip it over, then you press. Ah, okay. uh, it makes the coffee taste quite different. And, yeah. um, and uh, by doing that and making it taste quite different, well, it's just a different technique for the same same coffee with okay. an AeroPress. Um, Interesting. I thought the upside down, it's always a bit dicey because you have to extend it enough so you get enough water in. Sure. And so you have to have it right at the limit. Okay. And if you're not careful, which uh, sometimes I'm not careful, <laughs> yeah, okay. you, you go to put the filter on and everything goes. Oh, man. So um, but the upside down does make it taste better, but it is more labor intensive. Right. So anyway, uh, that's one thing I learned. Interesting. Uh, also, um, when we were just talking about it, uh, Michelle Nicole from uh, Star Trek. Yes. Uh, fame, uh, the original Lieutenant Ahura. Yep. Just passed away. Yep. 89 years old. Yeah. Yeah. She hadn't been. It's well funny. For they a were. Uh, well, they were talking about all the things she, she's, she's been in, um, but nobody ever mentions Deadpool. <laughs> was that her? Yeah. She was in Deadpool. She was the old lady. She was the old lady. She was the old lady. Yeah. Are you sure? Oh, I'm very sure. Oh, wow. I didn't, I didn't recognize her. The blind old lady. The blind old lady is Michelle Nicole. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, yeah. So she was a dancer, like a singer. Like she was a very accomplished artist. Well, she almost quit yeah. Star Trek. There's the infamous story of, uh, of uh, Martin Luther King. King yeah. Said that that's the only you you gotta you, gotta you have stand. to keep this. Gotta... And then uh, Whoopi Goldberg just posted um, how when she was nine years old, she saw she walked into the living room and Star Trek was on, and she went running to get her mom and said there was a, a black lady on tv and she ain't no maid right and that inspired her to she said well I, once i saw that i knew i could be whatever i wanted so you know very very uh significant uh and i guess we don't appreciate i was saying this to my wife you know as you know i'm a huge star trek fan like but we don't appreciate we can't appreciate how much that would have been 
anomalous in 1966 1967 you know like well, to I, mean, have... I mean even now i mean we've got uh well i think was was it you i was talking to there's like 30 percent of uh of uh the white population i don't know if it's alberta or canada think that they're discriminated against yeah no it wasn't me but i saw that that survey i'm just like i'm like wow that's amazing. That's amazingly <laughs> boneheaded. Yeah, you people need to go watch more Sesame Street. <laughs> exactly. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, yeah. it's, uh, don't get me started. Don't get me started on white people. God. I mean, I appreciate, so, I appreciate being and white I rec- myself. I recognize the fact that I have white privilege. Absolutely. Yes. And uh, so I, you know, I'm humbled by that. Yeah, um, absolutely. Not much I can do about it. True, but uh, I can definitely be sympathetic to those uh, who have been subjugated. Yeah, or even more, uh, an ally and an activist and whatever we can do. So, yeah, exactly. What did you learn? This well, week? my two things I just learned recently uh, are science based. One of them's cool, and the other is kind of creepy. So the cool one is, <laughs> oh uh, I guess they just approved the first SMR, uh, so small nuclear reactor for uh, development in the U.S. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, I think it's nine nine megawatts. No, it's a bit higher than that. Maybe seventy seven megawatts. But anyways, the thing is, it's only about uh, uh, seventeen feet high, nine feet in diameter. And so they're they're developing them now. China apparently is developing some too. So they're it's not fusion yet. It's still a fission reactor, but but a highly efficient one. And the idea is that you can now start to to do distributed power generation with these small, small nuclear reactors. Oh, and uh, they cool. just finally got approval. The other one is weird. I just saw, so apparently this was on smithsonian.com. So some engineers, it's always engineers at Rice University have started using dead spiders and incorporating them into robotics. So it turns out that a spider, the way the physiology of a spider is, their legs, if you've ever wondered why when a spider is dead, its legs curl up, it's because the spiders actually don't have um, musculature like we do. Like, you know, for our, you have your, your bicep, tricep that pulls and pushes. Spiders apparently have like a hydraulic system. So they have a muscle that only pulls one way and then an internal hydraulic system that pressurizes and deploys the leg. So when they die, they it just contract. The, it contracts. So these guys have now gone in, sealed up the spider hydraulic tubes and and use pulses of air to be able to use this dead spider and they can pick up very fine like they're talking about being able to pick up insect samples without damaging them because like, i guess the spider's legs are, are extremely uh, uh uh precise you know the kind of thing that if you were using a metal instrument you could crush but it's friggin' spooky. The spiders only last a couple of days before the, the bodies decompose, but now they've been spraying them with some kind of shellacking, trying to figure out ways that they can prolong uh, the corpse, right? But it's... it's. I wonder if they could shellac zombies. Generally using a dead thing as part of a technology piece. And it is... There's pictures of it, and it's just... It's as weird as you'd think it looks. Because it isn't the, the, just the legs, it's the whole spider, which is dead, being manipulated with hydraulics and air pressure and and, oh, as a, and, a, and I'm thinking, how do you change the spider? Like, you know, bizarre, but I don't know how I feel about it, but it's, uh, they're saying it's going to be revolutionary in certain applications and, you know, why not? <laughs> why not? Wow. Okay. Uh, today we're going to talk about the end. Since I guess the spiders the are end. at the end, um, terminations, especially in the workplace. Ah, yes. So I have, um, unfortunately, as a small business owner for the for quite a long time, had mm. the opportunity to terminate people. And um, if you have any, in a work sense, in a work sense, <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear. I'm not uh, <laughs> not from the future or robotic. Um. Um, and uh, just want to talk about a few things about termination. So, okay, sounds uh, good. I think most people always take um, the position of being fired. Have you ever been fired from a job? I was fired slash quit uh, one job, and then I was fired for another one for drinking. 
I was a teenager. So it, was, it was a scout camp <laughs> summer job where everybody was drinking in the bush and I'm the one who got caught and they fired me. Uh, that's the only two times I recall being fired. Yeah. I was constructively dismissed, however, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was fired once. Uh, I I came close when I was... Uh, Did you get the gun? You're fired. No. <laughs> Too bad. No, but I had... Uh, I had... Um, I was working in a job that was very administrative, very paper-based, which is my uh, Achilles heel. <laughs> and um, uh, and it was one of these things. It was a big organization, and they the, my boss had decided fairly early on that I wasn't working out. Okay. So he kind of put in place everything, and then he kind of changed his mind at the end and said, but I, I can't undo this. The, the train is rolling. You're already done. <laughs> so um, it was very stressful. Wow. Um, and yeah, if, 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 you're, if anybody has not gone through the process of being terminated, it is um, it, make, it really makes you question your worth and your value. Sure, absolutely. It's a, it's a very yeah. difficult thing from a personal perspective. Yeah. However, as an employer... It is also incredibly difficult. It can uh, be. Uh, yeah. it, um, if, you, if you are an employer and you have no problem terminating people, you have no heart. <laughs> because uh, it is, uh, uh, most, sure most people are pretty, pretty stressed by it. Like, uh, <laughs> even though you know it's the right thing, even though yeah. it's, uh, it's something that will benefit the organization. And, and usually it's a, a fit issue right. or um, uh, like, uh, yeah, I, I've had lots, you know, nice people I still needed to terminate because sure. they were just not working They're out. just not working out. Yeah. The job was not, not, and it was either the business or them. And, you know, in the yeah. end, it's not much of a choice. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm dealing with this now in a volunteer capacity where we have to terminate somebody. Ah, yes. And, You're telling uh, me about this. And this yeah. is, uh, this is very stressful and, what what's interesting is it's because most people have never had to terminate anybody. Right. Um, I mean, unless you're in a management position and even in a management position, it's not, uh, it's not a common thing to deal with. There are some organizations that will do things to try and avoid terminating. So big organizations will often uh, transfer you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they try and find a different fit um, because I mean, so, I mean, I was really fortunate when I got fired. I was in a pretty low place. Sure, but and you I mean got position wise. Well, just or emotionally, emotionally, okay. and uh, but I got this book called "Congratulations, You've Been Fired," <laughs> and the interesting thing about it, it was did the guy who fired it fired you had you the book. Because no, that would be really funny. No, but you're you gone. Know, it, but hey, it was. It you was might want to read this. It was, I mean, it's thirty years old. Thirty year old <laughs> book, and it was designed particularly for women. Okay, interesting. But it, I read it because it was incredibly insightful. Right. And basically says most most people who have been who've been terminated, it ends up being a good thing. For yeah, them. absolutely. And it certainly was for me. It didn't feel that way I don't know at the time. Most people, but depending on circumstance, right? Well, it says it, it, it can be a, a humbling process. It yeah. can make you, it, it gets you out of a circumstance where you're not fitting in and right. you're causing and generally not happy. Most yeah. Of the and time, which right? usually means you're not happy. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if you're, um, I mean, there are cases where, people are going to have problems regardless of where they yeah. are but well downsizing to me is a bit different you know like there are people who get terminated and it's more of a strategic decision numbers issue they're happy they're doing a good job to me that's that's kind of different right that's punching you in, in the gut but if you are not performing it's not a right fit generally most people are are kind of aware of it you know, like, you know, somewhere that this isn't working out. Well, you should know. But they tend to be, it's scary, right? So oh, sometimes yeah. that little nudge is really what people need. Uh, as long as it's done humanely. Yeah. So, which is, uh, which is, can be very challenging. I mean, right. in this age of litigation, you have to be super cognizant of 
how to approach uh, the termination so yep. that you're not immediately turned around and sued. Yeah, exactly. You do have to be careful. Yeah. But uh, but there's things you can do to yeah. uh, prevent that. So what is uh, what is your best slash worst firing story? Because I've got one that, that that's kind of amazing. I think. <laughs> I um I had hired this young young man. He had just finished his masters, and. Uh, he um he was uh he was super smart um so this is for my forensic engineering company um fairly early in the process i really struggled with the process of terminating he was one of the earlier people that i ended up terminating okay Uh, and we terminated him because although he uh was super smart and super capable he would go down rabbit holes so you end up uh having, uh, you know, I'm saying, go research this so that you can answer this question. And he'd start researching it and he'd get lost in the research and he'd spend like a day, day and a half just learning everything about that thing. Right. And know it so so well, but way more than we could either build to our client or was appropriate for the particular assignment. Sure. All we needed to know is this. Yep. And he learned all of this. Okay. So anyway, so it wasn't working out from an economic perspective. He was just not, it was just, he was a more of a pure scientist and really able to research stuff, but he was having a hard time pulling back the reins when he'd learned enough to answer the question he needed answered. And um, so I ended up uh, terminating him. Um, And, you know, it was a bit difficult as as it always is. Oh, oh it, it, yeah, that was the thing. So, so he came into my office the first time and he said, so how are you doing? Yeah, you know, yeah, was, yeah, so, yeah. and you know, You're so like, I'd, I'd, I'd gotten up the courage. I was ready to do it. Right. So did I tell you the news? My wife, we're having a baby. Hey, good, hey I'm getting great news. Good news. Get the hell out of yeah. my office. I'm not talking to you yeah. now. Because <laughs> like, I just like, okay, that totally threw me up. And then he, the second time he came in and it was, it was the same thing. It was Psychological like, like he came hey, I in, I, I'm going what? like, yeah, <laughs> it was like that. It was like every time he came in, there was something, it was cheery and he totally threw me off. So the third time he came in, I basically said, okay, that's it. Yeah. Don't say anything. Stop. Stop. This is it. You're done. I have news I've got too. The li- yeah. And he, you know, he was pretty good about it. And yeah. he went and the thing about it was, um, so terminated this guy who was going to be a new father and all this stuff. Yeah. And um, he named his son Mark. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I met him years later and he was totally appreciative of how we had done the termination, said it was the right thing. He, yeah. he was just felt guilty about trying to quit because he didn't want to put us in a bad spot. Okay. And so it was one of those mutual. So it was one of those things beneficial where. Things. Yeah, it, yeah. It didn't seem at the time, but it, in the end it was. Yeah. So that's my story. Well, there you go. That's one of my stories. Yeah, I have exactly. lots of stories. Well, I've fired, I think, four people over the years. I've fired uh, more than I've quit. <laughs> the one that I remember the most was, uh, so when you and I were both managers at that one engineering firm that we've talked about, uh, I inherited the team, right? Not a sponsor. Yeah, not a sponsor. So I inherited this team, um, as is often the case. And we had... There was a lady, we had two ladies that were engineering technologists, I think. And there was one who was an amazing performer. Um, I'm not going to name any names here, but but almost like dysfunctionally amazing, right? She would okay. sleep at, under her desk and she was just like, go, go, go. The other lady, I didn't really know very much, but it turned out, found very quickly that she was being protected by the super performer, right? They, had a, they were friends, they had a relationship, you know, so... We trundle along and it's kind of hard to tell, but the, the performer got poached, right? Gone, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Leaving her friend behind. So very quickly it became obvious that this person did not know what they were doing. Like you know, <laughs> no. mistakes, errors. And so uh, I think this is probably the first time I had to fire somebody other than maybe when I was like, like summer job type thing. But, and, you know, I knew this lady was married and she had kids. And so, you know, we went through a, a pretty good process, I think, of of progressive, not even discipline, but 
progressive exiting, right? Sat down, went over the problems, you know, got a commitment, blah, blah, blah. Three months, we'll revisit. So it took a long time. And it was just, it wasn't getting any better. Uh, coaching, you know, it's just, it was just not happening. And so I was getting to the point where I decided we're going to have, <laughs> got to reset the camera. We're back. Got to this point where I decided, okay, this, you know, this has gone far enough. I got to let her go. So I went through all of the, you know, talked to HR and, and made sure everything was, all the ducks were aligned and, and she could probably sense that something was up, you know? And so one day I'm sitting in my office and she pops in with her two kids who were like maybe eight and 10 years old, you know, and she introduces me to her kids right? <laughs> and you need to fire. Her. And she's got this whole story about how Mr. Cullen is like the daddy bird and he feeds the baby birds and then the baby bird can feed the little baby birds. And I'm sitting there at my desk and I'm just like, oh my God, what the hell is this? So you know what I did? What? Fired her that day. I said, this is too much. This is too much. So, but here's the thing to your point. Guess what happened? What happened? She phoned her friend who was at a big firm and like within like two days, boom, she's working for these big. And I knew that exactly. They probably returned to their relationship, symbiotic relationship where she would screw up and the other one would cover. And I thought that's perfect because she's got a job. And let them, our competitor, deal with the dead weight and the errors and loss of efficiency. Not our problem anymore. So most of the time it works out. Uh, one of my assistants I fired because she was she hadn't worked for me for very long. Fired her over the phone. I can't remember what she said or did, but she gave me the attitude. And I just went, you know, that's it. Gone. Boom. Don't even come back. You're out. That actually felt pretty good. So I think if you do it well, and, and I see it as it's kind of a two-way street. If, if somebody needs to be fired, usually something has fallen apart in the process. Yeah. Recruiting wasn't done well. You picked the wrong person. Maybe there was some, you know, surface acting going on where they came across as being, you know, a good fit. And, 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 and in those cases, you know, I think you have to be fair. You have to be humane. You have to be kind. But it doesn't really benefit anybody to have somebody who's not, performing sticking around uh i mean i think you got to do the training the coaching the giving people a chance to turn things around but ultimately if they're just not coming around you gotta kind of you gotta kind of let them go right? yeah I mean, I well and, the, and uh it's uh it's never pleasant but well i mean i'm dealing with this termination coming up and uh by the time this airs it will have happened oh, yeah. um it's uh there's a lot of uh things that you have to put in place right and it's uh it's also uh i mean it's a case where you know i'm on a board and the board has lost confidence in this individual yeah so now uh, this can't be a surprise though i don't That's know i don't thing. know if somebody if it, is surprised it shouldn't, by this. shouldn't be a surprise right. but there's there's just uh, there's a lot of weirdness that uh, yeah. is unnecessary. So now one thing I can't understand, and we we've experienced we've had some friends who I think have experienced this, and and I know some of these big companies, and there's one in particular that has a really bad reputation mm -hmm. when they do these mass layoffs. I cannot understand where companies suddenly like instantaneously start treating people that have to be let go. Let's say it's layoffs or downsizing, like they're they're some kind of criminal. Like, I just, I can't get my head around that with the whole, put your stuff on a desk, step away from your computer, you know, here's security yeah. and they march you out. Like you've like you're Charlie Sheen and in, in, in wall street. Yeah. You know, you know, you know I, I, I can't get my head around that. Well, like, so what I, a way to treat people. But I have to tell you because as, as an employer that's had to deal with this, um, uh, there is a good reason for it. Okay. There is several good reasons for it. So there's a few things, rules of thumb with termination from an employer perspective. Never terminate on a Friday or a Monday, ever. Right. Okay. High it's, suicide it, risk. Yeah, it, it, it actually is very substantial and it's, it's hard on everybody. Yeah. Uh, second. Week, week before Christmas, probably not yeah, such a good time. I, I, I also, Although there's an argument to be made. No, I've, I've, I've. They go spend a bunch of money and then the first week of January, you're like, guess what? We gotta let you go. I did that. I, I terminated somebody on January second <laughs> because I refused to do it before uh, before uh, Christmas. Um, but the um, the other thing is, so part of it is uh, you want to avoid a couple of things. 
So if they know that they've been terminated, they'll be very upset and they will go around and talk to everybody and everybody will get upset. Right. So there is an advantage to getting them out. Sure. Okay? No, I understand that. Um, there, um, there are cases, I've seen cases where they've attempted to damage stuff. Yeah. And so part of the issue is it's really hard to predict whether they're going to be one of the damaged ones or the not damaged ones. Sure. So for me, when people have quit, which is quit is different than uh, fired. Right. So if, they're, uh, if they've quit um, and they're not going to a competitor, I'll often... I would I would give usually give them some leeway because we right. want to wrap up their projects. We right, want right. it to, to there. There's a lot of knowledge we want to download. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, however, when you've terminated people, you have to be super careful about um, uh, vengeance, like really trying to create problems. And um, I, I mean, I, I've had people who I've terminated who were crying, who were like super stoic, who were like, like it was. I mean, I remember once I quit at uh, this is way back when early in my career, I went into the boss. It was a horrible place to work. Okay, the people would, uh, in general, the the time frame in which he, like they were hiring people fresh out of school all the time right, and right. two years out was a long tenure at this place. Sure. And so I was almost two years. I went into the manager's office and I said, you know, I'm leaving. He says, what took you so long? I'm going like, holy crap. Like really? So who's the, who's the leader here? You or me? You should have yeah, fired me. I demand that you fire me. Anyway, it, uh, <laughs> well, it was weird because so two years was tenure, but every six months they were increasing the starting pay for uh, new people that came on board, but they weren't giving raises oh, to the people man. who are already it's there. Just, and you're training somebody that's earning more than you are. Shenanigans of like, it's just big like, organizations. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And, and, and um, the other thing I wanted to, to bring up is sometimes when you have big organizations, particularly like publicly traded organizations, yep. they look at bottom lines. They be, right. like in a hard way. Yeah. So sometimes as an entrepreneur or a business owner, you sort of make a strategic decision. I need this guy. He's a really good performer. He gives me a service that I can't do if, right. if he's gone Yeah. Right. or she's gone. And, um, and so I'm going to maintain that so I can have my full compliment. It's slow right now, but it'll right. come back. Sure. And, uh, but in businesses, they go like, he's not producing, uh, his numbers are no good gone yeah and then all of a sudden you hobble the overall performance of the company well there was a lot of that at a big scale back in the when would it have been there was this whole movement about eliminating middle management right this was sort of and again so many companies are driven by once they become publicly traded it becomes oh, yeah. the thing right and what they found of course was that whoops you know so much of that tacit knowledge is in that middle layer yeah. that they lost a lot of, of, you know, like you guys are all expensive. You're gone. Boom. <laughs> exactly. Okay. How do we do this? And then the junior people that they hired to replace them who maybe have the technical skill, but there's a lot more to it than that. Right. Like yeah, knowing exactly. which buttons to push and, and how to, how to jiggle the thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, shit, nobody knows how to do that anymore. So you, you have to be balancing stuff out. Uh, I do. I remember quitting a job. Uh, for my fir the first engineering firm I worked for, and I was such a cocky guy, so I quit. And you know, it's funny when you look, as you get older, you look back to old bosses and you go like, "Well, you know what? When I was 23, I thought the guy was a jackass, but now I can appreciate that. Yeah, he kind of was in some respects, but there's a lot there, right? You just appreciate. But uh, so I, I said I was quitting, and he wished me good luck. He said, "You know, if you ever want to come back and work for us someday." You know, we can make that happen. And I said, well, maybe you guys can work for me someday. And, and he was like, uh, okay, you know, ha, not so funny. But uh, interestingly enough, I both worked for them again and they worked for me. So it, it turned out. And they did a shitty job too. When I <laughs> it was a big company. It's a different office. And I, and I threw them a job and they just completely screwed it up. And I was like, boy. <laughs> they should never, you know, they need me. <laughs> exactly. But um, I think burning bridges is a big part of that, you know? Um, yeah, I think it's really right. important to try not to burn bridges. Yeah. Uh, but, and um, how you treat people. 
I, and I, I can see your point about somebody freaking out. Um, it, it happened. I so I we at that company that we were. I, yeah. I remember I wasn't in a management position at that point in time, but I remember being dealing with the IT stuff. Okay. And uh, they had they had decided that they were going to get rid of a very senior manager. Okay. okay. He was like the electrical engineering manager at the time. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, and, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. He was there before I was there. Yeah. Right? And he, uh, so he, like he was doing all these shenanigans where he was, yeah, he was project yeah, yeah, manager yeah, and he yeah. was moving budgets I around. I remember so hearing these stories. Certain departments right? would be losing money and yeah. his was always making money, but it was because he was transferring money <laughs> from one account to the other. Well, see, somebody like that. Anyway, so he go, so they just, they actually had like a, an accounting firm. They, they brought a person in from right. their HR department to assist in the termination. So they terminated him. It was like, you were gone, going, we're taking you back to your office. Right. And then they had the person from this, uh, this accounting firm that followed him into his office oh, and yeah. watched them while he goes like delete star dot star on his which it used to be when you had an old style computer. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. That's how you Windows. delete Windows. You delete everything. Pre, uh, well, it wasn't even it was Windows, DOS. It, it was DOS. DOS. Yeah. yeah, it was DOS. So yeah. he, it's what he did. He did delete star dot star. He said, I'm just uh, fixing something, right? And delete star dot star. Wiped out his computer. And, uh, and well, this then, has been back way before networks and backups. And, uh, well, so so the the thing is, is that uh, anyway, it, so I, I got involved because <laughs> I was the one who restored it. Because counting guy, what, what did you watch him do it? I don't know, yeah, exactly. Know what, computers. what were you doing? Like, your job was to prevent him from doing exactly what he did. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. He bamboozled me. He's telling me a story about something. So, uh, <laughs> anyway, the, the, yeah. So I remember that. Um, and, you know, yeah, you've got to, it, it's a tricky business. It's, it is a tricky business. And, and nobody wants to do anything that's, that's uh, mean or harsh or whatever. But right. sometimes, usually the hardest decision is, is making the decision that this person has to go. Right. That is a hard decision. And once you've decided it, then it becomes a mechanics thing. Right. About how you're going to actually implement it yep. and how you're going to get the intestinal fortitude to do it. Because exactly. Again, if you have not, um, if you're not, uh, if you, it, it, if you're, there are, and there are individuals who can fire people, no problem, but well, I am I, not that person. Well, so. I think it's circumstantial too. So I have a, an acquaintance that had a job for a while as the, the, for big corporations, often they'll hire like a, like like a, HR a coach or a yeah. consultant, the person that then sort of says, okay, so here's what we're going to do for you. You know, I'm going to help you with your resume. We're going to do a little bit of counseling, blah, yeah. blah, blah. We're firing somebody who's in their 20s or 30s, single, no kids. It's different than firing somebody who's in their 50s, you know, and they're they're kind of expecting to be coasting or whatever it is. You know, that that becomes a bit trickier, right? Well, so, <coughs> and, and and I'll tell you, people make mistakes all the time. So, uh, I had... Um, you had fired the wrong guy? Well, no, I, <laughs> I had... Uh, <laughs> So where's Jim? I, I fired him like I, you told me. I had fired oh. enough people and gone through the process <laughs> that I understood exactly how you need to, to manage it. And I, I don't like it, but I'll do it. Sure. And uh, but it was a case where heavy, I had, uh, heavy upon the leader, you know, is the weight of the mantle. So we um, had this gentleman who was working and he was doing a, a valuable work for us, but it was difficult to measure quantitatively. Because he was dealing with marketing. And okay. Marketing. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, and but he, his personality type, uh, rubbed. Um, was this post merger? Yeah. Oh yes, I think I know who you're talking about. Um, uh, rubbed the CEO the wrong way. The new CEO. The new incoming president CEO. Right. And um, who I met, and I'd say he's easily rubbable. <laughs> I can see lots of people so he, rubbing him. The he wrong says way. to me, he says, Mark, he's got to go. He's got to go. He's got to go. You're not, your numbers aren't there. He's got to go. I'm going like, okay. And, and, uh, and then, so, and then they gave me the, the, the particular. So they're offering him like some minimal amount of money. Right. Like it was really low. Yeah. 
and he had worked for five or six years yeah, so and was he was like 64 yeah there's labor standards too and and right so they were yeah. basically offering him the minimum that was available for that and i you know i looked at this and i called the ceo and i said you know you really should uh, like this this should be more like six months not like six weeks yeah 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 right and um and i don't even know if it was six weeks or whatever but it, it was it was low right and um and i said you also have to consider his age how employable he is by somebody else because it you know at 64 is really hard to get hired because people say well you're going to retire in a year like why am i going to hire you and um let me show you my bank account i'll be here <laughs> so oh. so it was uh it was uh so uh, basically, I, I I met with him and I told him, listen, I'm sorry it's come to this, but uh, we've got to let you go. Yep. And here's the particulars. And um, he went away. He contacted a lawyer. And uh, when the uh, lawyer came back, there was a negotiation. I wasn't involved with that negotiation. But I know that in the end, <laughs> he got like the six months that yeah. I... And, and then my CEO says yeah you should be happy we ended up giving him uh everything that he asked for i'm going like if you had done it before you fired him yeah he would have left with a good taste in exactly. his mouth and he would have would have been an advocate for advocate and exactly. you know these guys treated me well the alumni yeah i know so short thinking you know yeah and uh, uh but now you've made him fight for the amount that you should have given him in the first place exactly and now he's pissed off yep and the good news about it is even though I was the one who pulled the trigger, he's still good friends with me. Well, sure, because he probably knew you did the right thing, right? Yeah. You know, I have to say, I, I had a client one time who had a sales guy and he was in his early to mid 60s, you know, and not performing. And being the consultant, I had to, of course, ask the question. Why is this guy still Why here? Guy right. Still here? Yeah. You know. yeah. And uh, the CEO was really clear. He goes like, guy's been here for 15 years. You know, um, I know he's planning on retiring within the next year and a half. We are happy to carry him uh, because that's kind of who we are. And uh, he'll be out of here in like a year and a half max. You know, actually the guy I think had a health problem and left sooner. But I really admire that because to me that was, you know, in the greater scheme of things, the guy wasn't that expensive. He was totally useless. Like, I mean, uh, he'd been a really good performer, but he, he slowed down, right? And and they kept finding stuff for him to do and he'd screw it up. But the guy was clear. He goes, you know what? It's more important to me to see this guy through. So if it was a younger guy, you know, who had only been here a little while, he, I think he'd been there longer than that, actually. No problem. But I was like, you know what? I can totally respect that because it was done deliberately. It wasn't like, ah, we're afraid of, Firing him. The guy was very deliberate. Nope. I want to carry this guy. He's been loyal. So for a year and a half of whatever we're paying him, we're keeping him. And I thought that that's cool, you know, because uh, it sends a message of, of what's valuable. And it was a great company. Like they had a really good culture and you could tell. So you got to be a little bit well, broader thinking than just the dollars and cents, I think. Well, right? I, I think so too, except. I'm going to give examples okay. of the contrary. So I ended up having a problem with my business. At one point in time, uh, I was in the beach in Hawaii. I got a call from the my banker basically saying, you're basically insolvent. You're out of money. You're out of money. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so, and... Uh, there, there has to be a mistake. There has tap, to tap, be tap, a mistake. Tap, and, and No, Mr. Hughes, I can guarantee you. Yeah. I'm looking at the file right now and there's no mistake. I know. And I, I basically, Damn. I had a, a gentleman who was in charge of kind of the day-to-day -day and operating business. Oops. And, um, and I called him and I said, like, I just got this call. Like, and he said, don't worry, I've, I've already talked to them. It's all good. And I'm going. <laughs> then why are they calling me on the beach? Why are they calling me on the beach? And... <laughs> It really looks like we're not good. And um, and then like the following Monday, I like this was over the weekend. And then on the Monday, I called the, right. the enjoyed the, your holiday the banker you? and the banker is like, yeah, no, it's not good. And I'm going like, this guy just told me it was good. The guy who works for me 
I have to trust him. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we went into emergency triage mode. Right. I was able to get things, and but I needed to terminate the guy that had basically misled me and had let things get to the yeah, point. Yeah, it's one thing to screw it up. But here's the problem. Something else to then... I had no money. Right. So I have no money to terminate this guy who Oops. was in a fairly senior position, who was well paid and, you know, was involved in a whole okay. bunch. So I had to. So you had him whacked. <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Uh, Five grand. The problem we, goes away. We did, we, did, <laughs> we did in the end terminate him and we, we terminated him quickly, but it, we had to go through a very specific process in order to be able to, I mean, it was basically how do we find enough money to be able to make, to get rid of this to guy, get rid yeah. of this guy because yeah. it was uh, not. Did you take a, Bitcoin? That's <laughs> yes, exactly. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and your chair, yeah. please take your chair. It's worth a thousand bucks. Anyway. So sometimes you need to terminate people, but you can't afford to actually terminate the people that need to be terminated because if you don't have the money, it like, yeah, well, it's easy to run in. Awkward. That is not yeah. good. You know, bottom line, I think the termination good or bad, I think in a lot of ways relates to more, right? The hiring process. Like I've had clients that just hire people, you know, on gut or what are you oh, feeling yeah. about the guy? And I'm like, uh, yeah, okay. We've had like four people in that position over the last five years. So maybe your gut's not so good, you yeah, know, exactly. possibly. Uh, and then, you know, the culture, all of that. I think if people are surprised that they're being fired, that's a big red flag. It's like, nobody should be surprised. Nobody should be surprised. Um, you know, and there's usually... In a lot of cases, there's ways to turn that around. Like you said, maybe it's you find a different position for them, or or there's maybe they've had a life shifting circumstance that you know, particularly someone's been a good performer, and all of a sudden, whoops, you know, things start to fall apart. I think it behooves the management to try to figure out what's going on. You know, and if you can if you can turn it around, great. If you can't, then again, doing it in a um, a humane way. And I think it's bullshit to try to nickel and dime somebody. You know, here, here's the bottom line offer. They've been there for a lot of years. They've been doing their part. Like you said, you turn somebody in into a, a, you know, not a supportive person, but somebody who now thinks, what a bunch of jerks. And word gets around, right? People oh, talk. Absolutely. And what is the old ratio? If a good experience, you'll tell one person. A bad experience, you'll tell 10. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, and now you got stuff like Glassdoor and social media, and it's like, no, 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 it's not worth it. No, exactly, exactly. Anyhow, oh, any media you've consumed in the last week? Now that you're back in the land of uh, internet, yeah, funny you should say that. Um, yeah, I've been watching some news. That's never good. But I watched <laughs> a, a, a kind of an interesting show yesterday, uh, and it just popped up in my YouTube feed. It's like a video. I think I was watching a Jack Reacher thing, and then this popped up. And last night I wanted to watch Ozark, but everybody was on Netflix, and I didn't want to upgrade to an extra screen. Yeah. So I went and checked this. Out. It's on Disney Plus, which is funny because it's a highly violent show. <laughs> it's called Mister In Between. Oh, I haven't heard that. And it's an Australian show. It's only two seasons, and basically it's a guy who is a a divorced father. He's got like an eight year old daughter, but he's kind of a it's not quite a hitman, although he does wind up killing a guy in for some gangsters in the third episode. So he's sort of this enforcer, hitman collections guy. Called? It's called Mister in, in Between, and it is hilarious. Okay, it's goofy. It's but it's ultra violent at the oh, same geez. time, uh, and it's just some bald forty year old Australian. It's all set in Australia, and. Uh, I've watched like the first four episodes. I think there's only two seasons, but it's really funny. It's really good. Interesting. Mr. In Between. Well, I, um, I, I've been, uh, so a few things I've been watching. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, I mean, the doldrums of summer. There's not mm. as much stuff being released right now, but I did, uh, been watching a couple more episodes of, uh, Stranger Things. I haven't finished the season. Oh, yet. season four. Are you on four. season four? Yeah, season I'm still four. season three, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, season four is kind of, uh, um, it's it's interesting. We started watching it and then it got, like we kept watching it and then like, it was like Friday night and like three o'clock in the morning we go, oh, we got to go to bed. 
So I paid for it the next day. Right. Uh, what but, time? Is three or four in the morning? It was like two thirty or three oh, in the morning. Which you know, I'm you're getting, an old guy. I'm getting old. Can't do that shit. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Just can't recover. I'd get up at seven. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um. I also was watching. Um. um it's, it's called Diabolical. Okay. And it's a uh, light fair. And Diabolical is basically it's like shorts. Okay. of the boys in animated form oh really yeah so it's uh so it's a definitely a different is it story like shorts of the boys or is it actually no it the characters is from the boys the characters from the boys okay but the actual comic book characters from the boys not the the tv the, show the tv stuff. show yeah. because the tv show they have taken a lot of liberties and changed right, right changed uh like huey in the tv show is like this young american whereas in um in uh the the comic book series he's like a shaped scott okay he's a scott a scottish guy huh interesting and so uh surprised the scots haven't been boy boycotting the show <laughs> don't make you an american yeah so so the, the what is wrong and, with uh, you and uh a butcher has got a dog, so the dog shows up in the okay. in the in the, in the cartoon, cartoon, but yeah, not yeah. in the. In the so show. This is a, these are cartoon, but so they're yeah. they're related. Uh, very violent. It's like uh, it's not unlike the uh, the TV show, but uh, but very different. So, yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting. And uh, cool. What was the other thing? Oh, I, was, I I watched another couple episodes of. Uh, Bebop Cowboy, which is this live action <laughs> I haven't heard of that. anime. Like really? it's an anime show that was really quite popular, and they decided to do it as a live action on okay. Netflix. And uh, it, it, it's basically a bit of a disaster commercially. But I, I I've been uh, so so because they're trying to do anime stuff in live action, in live which action. doesn't really quite work. But no. when you watch it from that perspective, it's, it's almost good? interesting. Okay. Yeah. Oh well, it's interesting. Yeah. I, uh, we'll see how good it is. Anyway, the other thing I, I went and saw Thor: Love and Thunder. Oh, I, have, I wanted to see that. I haven't seen. I it. really enjoyed. Oh, okay. That. I went in with the right. Because uh, um, there's a lot of memes, right? Say, hey, this is a movie, right? Yeah. It's a comedy. So yeah. turn off your brain and stop worrying about all the stuff. I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. Yeah, a little bit. <sighs> Overdone's not the right word. So there's a lot of inside jokes and it, little flipping. it gets a little silly. But overall, I thought it was great. Okay. Uh, story I, was, was. I might try and watch. Yeah, that. story was good. And I think it moves the character forward to. Uh, whatever he's going to be doing in phase five or six. And no, overall, I thought it was really good. Interesting. Uh, maybe not quite as good as uh, Ragnarok. No, not as good as that, but still pretty good. You know, and that guardians of the galaxy are in it. And uh, for a little bit, you know, just like the right cameo kind of thing. And cause of course he left with them. So sitting there going like... yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so star Lord. And, but um, yeah, it was, it was good. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. Okay. Cool. Well, that's it for this week. All right. Um, have a great. Uh, we'll be back on the flip side. Uh, yeah. Any ideas on what we'll talk about next week? Whew. No, not really. Okay, we'll come up with something. Sounds good. Excellent. On behalf of Sparky and Mark and myself, have a great see week. See you next week. Bye. See you. Bye.